Welcome back to Cinema Adventure. We're a movie podcast where every week we have a discussion about a film. This week, in our something episode of the Wes Anderson series, we are talking about Fantastic Mr. Fox. True fact. True fact. When did it come out? 2009. Wow, so we're really getting... We're kind of in the middle yeah. of Anderson's filmography. We are very much Loving in the it. middle. We're close to the end, it feels like. Wow. Actually. What a time. Yeah. I think we're at the we're at the part where things are starting to pick up. It's starting to get more and more interesting as it goes on. For me, at least. Oh, for sure. I think I don't know about you, but this I think is my favorite one we watched so far. Fantastic Mr. Fox? I think so. Do you yeah. like it more than Darjeeling Limited? I do, yeah. Wow. I really do. For I I feel like for me, it's like the first time where the style substance, it all just feels perfect. It's also like very short and simple and sweet. And I don't know, like everything about it just really works for me here. It must, the source material must be good. Have you read the Roald Dahl book, Fantastic Mr. Not, Fox, that this is I based on? I forgot it was Roald Dahl, even though I stand for him. So <laughs> I feel like kind of a fraud now for even saying that I am a fan because I totally. Yeah, I haven't read it either. I, it makes sense though. It is very Roald Dahl-esque. So yeah. I believe it. I was looking at some pictures of just the covers of the book, and mm. it, the whole art style is totally different than what the movie looks like, but oh, it really? still looks really great. It looks yeah. really fun. I read so many of his books, Grandpa. I wonder why this one I never did exactly. Who can say? I wish I could go back in time, go chat with like eight-year-old Blake and say, why would you read all these other doll books and not this one? But who can say his thought process? Yeah. yeah. So the book was published in 1970, so oh, wow. it took them a while to make a movie out of it. I'm sure, oh, for sure there weren't a lot of people who were like, let's make a movie out of Fantastic Mr. Fox. <laughs> Because everybody, Roald Dahl did Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, yeah, right? He did yeah, he that, The Witches, The BFG, SEO Trot, like all these great, great books. Prolific dude. So prolific. A lot of movies about him oh, yeah. now. Well, about his books yeah. now. No, totally. Deservedly so. Like, his stuff is amazing. I probably enjoy it now. Like, I remember as a kid just being so taken aback by it how much fun they were. But they were also, like, very, they felt meaningful for children's books. They weren't just these little, like, feather light stories. Like, they all felt very substantial and we're really heartwarming for the most part, so huge fan. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there's a, what what you said about it just feeling really well composed and put together, I mm -hmm. think is very, is a good way to describe this movie. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it is, um, it's called stop motion animation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they use that sort of animation in this movie, and it's the first time that Anderson's done that. And he's doing that again with Isle of the Dogs, right? So. Mm -hmm. He'll kind of be reliving that soon. I feel like this kind of animation really works for his specific aesthetic. I mean, really good for the most part in, term, in terms of live action filmmaking, but I think this particular kind, I feel like honestly, if he just made stop motion for the rest of his career, which I mean, he obviously hasn't, but if he chose to do that, I don't think I would be super mad about it. I think it really suits him well. Yeah, I love the style of the animation in this mm. movie. It's so distinct, everything has hair that looks like actual hair, yeah. which is cool. I also wonder though what it would be like if this film were done by a different animation studio. Have mm -hmm. you seen any movies by uh, Leica, that, that, like the animation studio Leica, they're in Portland, what Oregon. What have they done? They did Coraline and they did Kubo and the Two Strings. Oh yeah, I've not seen those. Oh man, they're good. Really? They're so I've good. I've heard they're really good. I probably should just check those out. I love Coraline. Like, mm. I, I mean, I loved the book beforehand, and then watching the film, which is a little bit different from the book, but not substantially so, yeah. is just so good. I feel like I've talked about Coraline on this podcast before. Possibly. I think I mentioned something yeah. about it. But yeah, no, I, it's it's a distinct style, and I'm happy that they went with the studio that they went with, because it is, it is very much Wes Anderson, but it's also pretty different from the rest of yeah. what he's done. It's got that really saturated color, and uh -huh. the really well-composed shots, and 
but it's you know it's otherworldly. It's not like the rest of his stuff at no, all. I I always like forget how much I like stop motion when I watch it because it just feels so special to me. Like so many movies, I mean, you'll be taken to like a, a location that like you possibly could drive to or fly to or I guess like a set, but even then like it still is very much a part of real life. And then like hand drawn animation, you know, it's just kind of just something on a page, whatever. But this is like. It's like a physical world that's miniature. It's like created just for you, and like you are being transported to this place that you can't get to, and it is like a very special sensation. So I think watching this reminded me how much stop motion is such an interesting creative process. Yeah, I think I think it's special, and especially as a kid, the thought I always had about stop motion when I would see movies that were done in that way was that like you know Nightmare Before Christmas or James and the Giant Peach, which is a terrifying movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> The thought I always had about those is that, in a way, they kind of actually happened. You mm. know, whereas as an animated film that's just hand-drawn or animated, it's like, yeah, that happened on a computer, or, yeah, that happened on a piece of paper, but when it's those physical objects and they cast shadows and they move, and you see, like, you know, those little behind-the-scenes videos that are time-lapse yeah. of the guys, you know, moving <laughs> each part really, really slowly, and you see it all happen very quickly. You know, if you were a kid who liked to play with toys and imagine things, I can see how watching one of those would be kind of like how you imagine your toys coming to life or those characters that, that you've, like, grown up loving, actually breathing and moving. There's something really special about it. No, it's so special. I also do wonder, like, I don't know how they have the patience, honestly, to move. Because, I, I mean, I don't know if that's, like, one of your fun facts at all, but I do wonder how long it took just to film this movie because oh, I know that man. it could take forever just to get like a minute's worth of footage so I mean have you ever made like a, a stop motion thing like as not. a kid you never did that I never did well I guess I would do like stupid ones where I would like um, I'd like stand in a certain spot and then I would just like keep like taking a picture of myself moving closer so it looked like I was like floating but that's like, cool <laughs> that's maybe the closest but other than that no <laughs> I I tried Tried it a couple of times as a kid. Even a few years ago, I was like, oh, I should try this again. It must have been right after watching Kubo or something uh, like that. I got so inspired. inspired. <laughs> I was like, I should try to, to make a stop motion because I'm just interested in what it's like. I made a stop motion thing with Legos, and my friends, who was my roommates, it was, last, it was two years ago, and they were looking at me like, Aiden, you're crazy, because it was on a weekend, and I had nothing to do. I was like, I'll do this. I'll make a stop motion. It ended up being a minute and 20 seconds long, <laughs> final product, and it took me six hours wow. to make it. If that's any indication of how long it takes, and I'm sure on an actually, on a professional scale, yeah. a minute and 20 seconds would take a lot longer than six hours. No, I'd imagine, yeah. It's 24 frames per second in a film, and you have to have 24 frames of motion on a little little guy uh, for one second. God. So 24 pictures. So That's a lot. Aiden, do you want to give kind of a plot summary? Oh, I would be delighted to give a Fantastic. plot summary. So excited. There's a fox. Yes, His name... It is fantastic Mr. Fox. Hell yeah. And uh, he's played by George Clooney. He's voiced by George Clooney. <laughs> he's played by some animator <laughs> and somewhere. <laughs> and uh, he has a fox wife named Mrs. Fox, played by Meryl Streep. And he has a fox son, played by Jason Schwartzman, named Ash. He's the only fox with a name, I suppose. Wait, but isn't the, what's the cousin's name? He's a oh, fox. Uh, Christopherson. Christopherson. Yeah. There's so Christopherson. Yeah. So they're foxes, and, uh, you know, he's a fox of distinction. He writes for the newspaper. He has a column, and he's tired of living in a foxhole, so he says, we're getting out of here, and they buy a house in a tree. By the way, all of these am animals are ambulatory. They walk on two legs. They dress mm -hmm. in human clothes, and uh, they buy a house in a tree, 
and they can see from their tree they have a view of three farms owned by three farmers who all have distinct personalities and are all incredibly evil. <laughs> anyway, Mr. Fox has a history of being a con artist and a thief, so he decides he's going to do a heist and steal some chickens from these farmers. The farmers make chickens, cider, and... Yeah, what is the last thing? Is it just various, like, other kinds of meat? I think it me... might be, like, a, like smoked meat. It's yeah, that's like what that. I was thinking, because I feel like they when they rob the chicken, there's that, and then, like, they come back and there's all these new kinds of meat. So let's just go with that. <laughs> yeah. So Mr. Fox has a friend who's a... What is he? Is he he's is he not badger a badger? I think he might a be a badger. Wolver- I don't know. Something like that. Or a wolverine. He's, he's He's a small little marsupial. Yes. I don't know any animal name. So <laughs> <laughs> don't quote me. Uh, so he, can, he convinces him to help him pull off the heist, and they do it. And basically, they, they get found out by the farmers, and farmers end up trying to hunt down all the animals and they have to figure out a way to outcon the farmers and find a way to escape and survive. And Fantastic. it's very fun and playful. Very fun and playful. I think that's about all I need to say yeah, about this film. Yeah, I think it's perfect. No, I thoroughly enjoyed myself while watching this. It's just like, everything works so well for me. I think like Anderson's humor, like it's very distinct as usual. I like wrote down a couple like just very quick little lines. Like they make sure to always say that things happen in like fox years, which are a lot faster, which I always thought was really It's funny. like dog years, yeah. Yeah. Um fox years. There's like a moment when like Ash is something rude to his cousin and the mom's like, You have twenty nine minutes to apologize, which is like a specific time that I thought was just like funny. And then like instead of like like the longest running joke is the fact that none of the characters say bad words, they just say cuss instead. So like they'll say like Oh yeah, because it's gonna be a total clustered <laughs> cuss, which is so I love that. And they have to um, do that, of course, because it's a children's movie. Exactly. But I feel like <laughs> I don't know I also don't know why like other um, directors who are making children's movies haven't done that before because it's such a clever way to like still have kind of the funny joke without actually you know saying a bad word so but it's I feel like good. if I was a little kid and I watched this movie I think that would probably go over my head that I little think joke I did too because I saw it I think with my grandparents when it came out and I don't remember noticing that I just thought it I think I still thought it was charming but I don't even think I remembered like thinking it was really funny which I definitely did when I watched it this time but yeah it is nice too because you see kind of these sorts of storylines before where like maybe a character's past kind of catches up with him and he almost has a relapse into the the person that he used to be and sometimes it can be a little bit unconvincing when that sort of thing happens but here because um being kind of a con artist a sneaky um little thing <laughs> since that's like part of Mr. Fox's nature, like it is believable. And so you're never, I think that's another thing that like comes in handy with the movie is because it has this thing where everyone's an animal, you know, that a lot of these things that they're doing are just like part of their nature. So there doesn't necessarily have to be like a lot of explanation or a lot of um, persuasion into like why they're motivated to do certain things. It's just like inherent in them. So I think that definitely comes to the movie's benefit in terms of like having a storyline be believable and convincing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, all of the all the characters are so convincing. And they the really are. They they're so good. I think my favorite, even minor character, is the one that's played by Willem Dafoe. He plays the oh, rat yeah. with the switchblade. That made me laugh. <laughs> I love rat. that whole bit. And you know, it is such a fantastical story that you don't even think while you're watching it. Hey, wait a second. Why is this rat the same size as this fox? <laughs> Uh, and you don't even think about it. It's so it's so good. The the way he moves and he snaps when he walks. It's supposed to be a reference to West Side Story, isn't it? <laughs> I think so. It's yeah. gotta be. Uh-huh. Uh, but the rat has a switchblade and he wears a turtleneck sweater that's got a little <laughs> embroidery of the of the name of the farmer that he works for. He's mm. he's the security in the cider house. 
Yeah. And his whole death scene is, oh my gosh, <laughs> so intense. <laughs> they float him down the river in the sewer. <laughs> I love it. Oh, He's my, so good. I think maybe my second favorite animated rat besides the mafia rat in Zootopia. I think that's maybe my favorite, but... Oh, you know, I think he would probably be my second favorite animated rat after Remy in Ratatouille. Oh, I forgot about Remy from Ratatouille. I haven't seen that for so long that I honestly, like, forget about that movie. Love Very that sad. movie. Speaking of Zootopia, it's funny that you mentioned that because I have a thing about Zootopia in my notes. Wow, look at that. So in Zootopia, there's this whole, the whole plot line, of course, is that there are animals. Some of them are predators. Some of them are not predators. Mm. And it's like, oh, the predators are dangerous because they're predators. And there's this whole conspiracy where they, they make these little, they look like blueberries, little dart things. They're just little balls. They're like paintballs. And when you get hit with them, it brings out your animalistic tendencies and drives you wild and mm. makes you insane. Uh, and I thought it was interesting that there's also like a poisoned blueberry that they use in mm. Fantastic Mr. Fox yeah. at the same time, which they use as a distraction or as a way to knock out all of the dogs in the farms, which brings us back to the point that Wes Anderson really likes to do horrible things to dogs in his movies. Oh yeah, that's true. So a bunch of dogs get poisoned with blueberries filled with tranquilizers and <laughs> it's unclear if they are knocked out or if they're dead. I but, know, I was kind of concerned about that. I'm yeah. Like, what's really happening here? What's really happening? There's a great scene in Zootopia where they switch out the ammunition that will drive you wild instead of with a little blue paintball with yeah. an actual blueberry. I, I was like thinking next, I feel like I read a headline today that said that Isle of the Dogs was rated PG-13 because of like violence. So I'm like, is he back at it again? Is it his, really PG-13? I guess so, yeah. So he's back at it again, I guess, oh. with uh, injuring dogs, presumably. Yeah, I, I guess wow. it's probably okay if that movie is that, that rating yeah. though. Cause you know, Wes Anderson sense. movies, they're not, they're not for really, they're not really for younger audiences. I don't know. I mean, like, this is so good, and it's for younger audiences. So, I mean, I, don't I, know. Can, I could handle it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we'll have to see what happens when Owl we'll the Dogs have comes to out. See, yeah. Oh, Blake, can I tell you something that's just so wonderful? Tell me something that's wonderful. Um, <laughs> I just, I have to pull it up real quick. This, this warmed my heart yesterday. It was yesterday, but when this comes out, it will have been weeks ago. Mm. But. Yesterday, I our Twitter account, the Filmcast, oh. got a follow oh, from <laughs> from the mother of an actor. The, yeah, the mother of an actor named Koyu Rankin followed us, oh, wow. and Koyu is doing the voice of Atari in Isle of Dogs, and I think Atari is the little boy who wears the spacesuit wow. in the trailers. So. Hopefully, hopefully, it's hopefully, him. hopefully, hopefully, she's listening. Uh, we're very excited to see the movie. <laughs> oh, I said him, her. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just a nightmare. <laughs> it's good morning. <laughs> it's very early. It is. <laughs> anyway, that warmed my heart. She's she has all these these pictures of him on her Twitter, and she's like, so happy. My son's in this movie. Very proud of him. Wow. It's very cute. Amazing. Uh, so yeah. Oh, oh. oh. Speaking of <laughs> how they make stop motion movies, I'm so curious. All these characters are wearing clothes. Do they have a costume designer for this movie? It makes you wonder. I would. Do you think there's a person who makes all the little costumes? Well, I mean, is of course there a, is. But I wonder, like, is it like a traditional costume designer, or is it someone who like makes clothes for dolls or something, and they just were hired to? Right. I don't know. It looks great. Like, I feel like Mr. Fox looks very fly the entire time. So I don't know. That's a it's good so great when he when he loses his tail. It gets shot off by one of the farmers, um, and they stitch up his pants. So yeah. there's just a little X. Yeah. Just over where his tail was. Oh. Even that's almost snazzy in a way. Almost. It's, just, it's almost, almost. It's, it's a, a move for yeah. sure. He's setting trends for 
injuries in the future, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Aiden, I feel like now we've gotten to the point in the podcast we're about half in. I would love it if you would share some fun facts with me. Would you be willing to do that? Oh, I would be delighted to do wow. that. Wow, I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> So uh, when they were recording the dialogue for the actors, they didn't do it in a studio. Wes Anderson had them record it in locations that would sound uh, sonically like the areas the characters were in. So they recorded in a forest, in an attic, uh, underground for a couple of things. I love that. Isn't that great? That's fun. The the voice performances are really good, too. So, I mean, I guess that just contributes to that. You know, I have a hard time identifying the voice of Mr. Fox with George Clooney. It just doesn't sound like him to me. No, it took me a really long time to figure it out because I don't know why, but I just thought, like, this guy sounds so smug. Who is this? And then it was like, oh, it's George. Like, I didn't even realize. I wonder, like, has he done a lot of voice work? Like, him and, like, Meryl Streep, like, I can't really think of that many they've done. So they yeah, I do don't a know. great job here. They do. They're they're good voice actors Truly. for sure. I mean, it can't be that surprising, though, especially with Meryl. Like, what can't she do, you know? She can learn German for a movie she needs to. Here's an interesting fact. <laughs> the film was shot using a Nikon D3, which offers a higher resolution than high definition, apparently. Um. Uh, but it was shot, the film was shot at 12 frames per second instead of 24 because Wes Anderson wanted you to know that it was animated. He wanted it to look uh, like it was stop motion. I love it. I like that as well. I think that's it's fun. I do too. I'm just going to continue saying I love it, but I think instead of me saying it, I should have a recording of Iconopop saying I love it, and I just press a button every <laughs> time I enjoy a certain fun fact. Wow. Maybe we can implement that later. We should get a soundboard I for like you. At the, at the rate I say I love it on this show. Maybe worth an investment. Looks like 535 puppets were made for the film Ooh. in total. Mr. Fox had 17 different styles of puppet. Really? And each one had to be done in six different sizes. So just Mr. Fox had 102 puppets. Oh, dang. Woo. I always feel like weirdly betrayed because I know there's like multiple like Kermit puppets or like Miss Piggy or whatever. And I don't know why, but I always will get like weirdly upset when I find out that it's not just like one puppet for some reason. Like I'm almost mad that it's not just like a single human in a way. I don't know if you feel the same way, but it's always like kind of odd when you realize that, oh, there's like many of them. It's not just you just think of it just being like the one character and it's like, no. <laughs> yeah, no, that is very odd. It it's always throws weird. me off so much. <laughs> CGI is only used in one scene of the entire film <gasps> when the mind floods. Oh, I guess that makes sense. That makes though. sense. You would kind of like. I noticed it. To, yeah. But. Well, there's no way you could like do that using. No. Like practical effects. No it's way. Too hard, especially like the way it looks. Like there's just it's impossible. So, I guess he gets a hall pass for that, for cheating. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. So this will be the last the last one I give. The movie in total is composed of fifty six thousand shots oh my god that's insane that's a lot of shots does it say how long it took to film on there at all um i'm just gonna make you utilize google i guess i know that like i think a lot of stop motion animators are probably at this point they've gotten pretty used to it so they can move quickly but in my mind like i always just kind of automatically assume that it'll take like years which is not true but i just kind of will almost tell myself that to make myself more impressed with them Unfortunately, I can't find anywhere how long it took to make. Wow. That's okay. I'm sure it took a very long time. (laughs) I think we can say that with quite a lot of certainty. It took a long time. Let's put that on the Wikipedia page. Production lasted a very long time. A very long time. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. 
See, there yeah. I said it again. There you Press said it the again. Invisible Boop. button. He loves it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a favorite character in total in the film? Oh, a favorite character. I really liked the Badger sidekick a lot. I oh. thought I kind of related to him, kind of just not being aware of what's going on ever. Um, <laughs> you know, that happens to me on a regular basis. So, you know, and I, I liked the running joke of like where Mr. Fox would kind of tell him an instruction. He's like, so is any of this actually like processing? Are you retaining this information? And he would just kind of give him this blank look. And I was like, oh, look at it. It's a visual representation of me. So I <laughs> there enjoyed is. that. You could identify. I really could. That's what, funny. Who was your favorite character? Oh, I, I really like Christopherson. I think I he too. was really cute. I Sweetheart. think he's probably my favorite character, but I think my favorite like aesthetic character, the one that I liked <laughs> the most, the one that looked the best to mm. me, is Owen Wilson's cameo character. Mm. He's like a he looks like a polar bear, but I think he's an al- yeah. he's an al- I think he's an albino ferret or something. Ooh, very specific. And I tried to look up what kind of animal he that was, was cool. on the internet, and I could not figure it out. Mm. He plays Coach Skip. He's the he's like the middle or high school uh, uh, gym teacher. There's a great scene where they're playing a game called Whack Bat, which looks like a combination of yeah. baseball and cricket. Yeah. Was that created just for this movie also? Like, oh, I feel yeah. Like I saw that. I'm just like, classic Anderson just making up a game really quickly. And then the it, it. it does that top-down shot of the field and explains <laughs> to the audience the rules of Whack Bat <laughs> in about 30 seconds. Yeah. Really fast. Classic. But there's a great joke in the background when Coach Skip is talking to, I think he's talking to Christopherson or Ash, mm. and in the background it shows the scoreboard for the field, and instead of home versus away, it's home versus stray. Because they're animals that could go oh, stray. I didn't see that. That's funny. That was a very good joke. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. So just just kind of speaking of like aesthetic and just how things look in the film, what did you think of the visual stylings, and like what do you think is different about it versus the other one? Like I I was looking at it and I saw that it's not as eclectic looking. I yeah. guess like the characters live in interesting houses, uh-huh. but they're never filled with as much junk. They don't have as much hobby related mm-hmm. items inside of them. Yeah, I felt like it was definitely more I think instead of featuring those kinds of things where it does feel like it's very intricately personalized to each character, I think there was more of an emphasis on kind of like the geometry of each space and like this uh, like the symmetrics. I don't know if that's the word. Um but I felt like that was really emphasized. There's like this one shot where they're during one of like the robberies you have a shot of like five security cameras. And like each action that the characters do is like focus on in each different frame. So I think like a lot of things like that where it is just mostly about like the composition and the balance between everything. Like that stood out to me more than in like past movies where you'll maybe see like these little details in someone's like bedroom or something. But I also like that aspect of it too, because I feel like a lot of the time Anderson's movies they feel I use I think I use the word whimsical a lot when I like him describing his movies in other episodes, probably like five times per episode. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I think a lot of the time it feels very forced, but because this is animated and because you kind of expect a lot of this composition in animation, it doesn't feel super forced to me. It just feels very offhanded. And so I don't know, I feel like the composition in the past has kind of weirdly gotten on my nerves a little bit just because it felt like he was trying so hard, whereas this one it really, I like it a lot. How did you feel about it? Yeah, I feel the same way. There's there's some really breathtaking scenes that he accomplishes in this film that are somehow more emotionally impactful than in some of the other ones. There's a scene where Mr. Fox and Mrs. Fox have a moment when they're in the 
there in the sewer where there's this kind of waterfall that they go behind, and it looks like something out of a James Bond movie. Mm-hmm. It's totally lit in this wild way, and everything's really sparkly, and it's very romantic. Yeah. And it feels more genuine because it's not so cluttered with these characters who are unreal. Yeah. There's something totally. more believable about the foxes in some way. Lots of things, like, they are unreal. Like, I feel like in the past, like, you have these real characters who are kind of supposed to be part of reality, but you're like, these people don't exist. Whereas, like, this is, like, <laughs> these are foxes, so, like, it's okay that they're in, like, whatever weird situations because they're talking and wearing clothes. So I also like, too, like, all the scenes where that are featured in, like, the um, storage room at the cider facility, just, like, the way it sparkles and looks beautiful. Like, I really like that a lot. Yeah, everything's all orange. Yeah, that looks really great. It's beautiful. Yeah. Really, really well done. Well, I think that's about what we got. Yeah, you feeling, I think so, too. You feeling good? I'm feeling really good. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> well, then, let's talk final thoughts. Final thoughts. I think this is my um, favorite Wes Anderson movie we've watched so far. I just think everything really just comes together very effectively. I think it's a perfect marriage of style and substance, whereas I think a lot of his other movies have kind of struggled with, you know, combining those two. So I think definitely check this one out. It is probably one of his most lighthearted, but that's another reason why I like it. But, you know, I think it's a good good comedy, good family movie. Um, definitely worth a watch. I, <laughs> I agree. I think... I think this is a great film. I agree, style and substance. It has all of that, but it's also got a great score, mm-hmm. which is excellent. Ale- Alexander Desplat does a great job. He marries this kind of, what you said, whimsical kind of stylings with the more hard and almost Western music. Yeah. It's a little, it sounds more Western. It sounds more heisty, mm. some secret agentness to it. So it's got great tone. Yeah, I'd, I'd give this one a hard recommend. Mm. I don't know if this is my favorite one we've watched, but I do really love it. Yeah, it's great. I also should mention, I like, I don't know why I didn't realize this until now, speaking of like the music though, but I feel like it finally hit me that Anderson uses a Rolling Stone song in every so- in every movie, and I'm not sure why I haven't noticed that, but I guess I noticed it this time just because I, they use Street Fighting Man, which is like one of my favorites, and then I kind of like backtracked, and I was like, oh yeah, I guess there has been one. Has there each. been one in every movie? I think so, except maybe one, but... I think he's like always made a point to do that. I think he's usually picked more subtle stone songs, so like you don't really notice it, but it's very pronounced too, and I love that. <laughs> yeah. Fun fact. With Blake, you snuck one in. I did sneak one in, yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, why don't you start us off with recommendations this week? Um, so I just went with the general, like what are my favorite stop motion movies? And I haven't seen one in a long time, granted, so I don't know if I can give like really thorough plot rundowns of either one. But my first one is James and the Giant Peach. I think I mentioned before I'm a really big doll fan, and I feel like this is a very good adaptation um, of the novel. Um, very interesting animation. It's kind of creepy almost, but it's done in a way that I think eventually it kind of wins you over, even if it is like a little unsettling or macabre at first. You kind of like adjust to kind of the underlying nar- nightmarishness of how it looks. Um, and ultimately, I think it's a very, like this movie, it is heartwarming and a fun family movie. Um, another one that I really like is Wallace and Gromit and the Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Oh, that which, is such a good movie. It's so good. And I remember, it's funny because I saw this in theaters with my grandparents, and I think I also saw this movie with my grandparents. But that one, I think Wallace and Gromit in general, like, I just love them. And also, I can't believe this movie came out, like, 13 years ago. That makes me feel very old. Whoa. But I know, it's insane. But that one is very fun. Kind of adventure movie, sort of. But yeah, like, the, the animation's really great. It's the same people that did, like, Chicken Run, right? So it is, like, that same kind of um, wacky 
comedy, but I highly recommend it. It's super fun. You don't even have to be a fan of stop motion to just thoroughly enjoy it. Oh, yeah. What about you? Uh, <laughs> so I also have one stop motion. I mentioned it earlier. Uh, Kubo and the Two Strings, mm -hmm. which came out, I think, 2016? yeah. Kubo and the Two Strings is fantastic. It's just, and you haven't seen it, right? I have not seen it, no. It really appealed to me. It's such a cut and dry hero's journey, mm -hmm. but it, it's so aware of that uh, that it feels almost like commentary on the hero's journey mm -hmm. because it starts out with the main character, Kubo. He has this power to play music and kind of bring paper to life. So huh. when he plays music, it folds origami and then makes it move and dance. So the beginning of the film is him telling a story about a hero's journey, and then mm -hmm. he ends up going on a similar journey himself. And it's fantastic and it's beautiful after you watch it you're gonna be thinking to yourself how did they do it yeah and don't you worry there's so many videos about how <laughs> they did it that are just amazing mm. so that's that's my stop-motion recommendation in terms of tone for Fantastic Mr. Fox I went with Ocean's Eleven oh just, there, that's just true get Very some comparable. get some heist uh, in there some and heist more action <laughs> and more George Clooney yeah yeah more more George Clooney doing heist uh, but not as a fox that's true <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then my last recommendation is a Japanese movie I watched early last year called Tokyo Drifter which is wild it makes very little sense there's very little plot it's a lot of action and it has an incredible soundtrack with some whistling just like in Fantastic Mr. Fox so oh. those are my recommendations Wow, they all sound really good. I need to check those out. <laughs> <laughs> I, you you would really like uh, you'd really like Kubo. I think I think I, I think you'd enjoy it a lot. I know it's like one of those movies where like everyone says it's good, and I'm like, but is it? <laughs> so oh, I it just is. Never watch it. It is. It was Which didn't I'm do just, very well in the theater. I don't. It didn't. People no, didn't really go to it see it. Got it got amazing reviews, but I think it's probably the same reason as me. Is it like I think a lot of people when they want like stop motion, they're like, I want Chicken Run or Wallace and Gromit, and like that one looked a little more. Serious, I guess. I think that's why I thought it looked a little too, I don't know, earnest or something. I don't know what it was, but yeah, I'll check it out now because you told me to. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you would like to hear more of us talking about movies, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Android, and on our website, uwpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at the Filmcast. You, you can go. find us on our personal accounts at Aiden Walker out or Blake W. Peterson. Uh, if you want to write to us with a suggestion for a movie for us to watch or talk about, you want to share your thoughts, you can send us an email to cinemadventurepodcast at gmail.com. If you like the show, please share it with a friend. If you want to follow along with us, next week we're going to be talking about Moonrise Kingdom. Oh, fantastic. Mr. Fox. <laughs> <laughs> great. I'll see you there. I'm saying great again. Great. Well, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Toodles. Did you know Peruvians have their own type of Chinese food? Or that Vietnamese food is heavily influenced by French cuisine? Have you ever wondered what other cultures' drunk food is like? Explore these topics and more right here on the Soundbite Network. My name is Dee Dee Madigan, and I'm the host of Home Plates, a podcast all about food. Catch up on the first season of Home Plates on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, and Stitcher. New episodes air every Wednesday.
For more like this and other great shows covering sports, science, relationships, and the arts, visit the Soundbites website, uwpodcast.com. That's uwpodcast.com.